Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. The, the podcast a little bit. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, welcome, everyone, to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. In the studio today is co-host Mark Mosher. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I see you're at the office today. You don't <laughs> have course. a... You know, of course you are. Of course, I had, to actually, we do. I had to actually put pants on today. There, so that's there is. We put pants on, and there is no COVID. <laughs> I'm usually dressed from the waist up. So right, there is no global pandemic. That's why we're going to work four <laughs> right. inches from each other. So that's great. In the studio today, uh, we're very excited um, uh, to have one of them. You know, I, I consider her like an internet marketing guru. Um, it's Erin uh, 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 Levzo. Erin, uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm Can I pronounce your last name correctly? Lebzo. Yep. Lebzo. Okay. So I said it right. Okay, good. So I'm, I'm really excited. You've got, um, tell us, tell, let's start from the top. <laughs> tell us uh, about your, you know, your current role and what you're doing, what you're passionate about. Uh, but then you've got some great, great stories that, that, yeah. that I want you to share with the listeners. But sure. tell, 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 tell us where you are right now, what all you're doing. Yeah, so I recently joined, I'm uh, a few weeks in, uh, Del Taco Restaurants. It's a mm-hmm. 600 restaurant. Congratulations. Um, Mexico is a uh, 600 restaurant chain. They are a public company, um, right. Taco on the ticker, and um, half franchised, half corporate owned. Ah, it okay. is a wonderful uh, brand. Their, their food is actually for a QSR Plus Fresh. So actually ah. cooked in the restaurant, right? Avocados are sliced in the restaurant, um, which is a, a, truly a game changer in the QSR space. Um, QSR Plus and could rival your Chipotle's and and other folks. That because it has to be fast, fresh. but usually fast doesn't mean fresh, right? Exactly. So value right. and freshness are, are kind of our cornerstones. And it's Fantastic. It's in 16 states and they're continuing to grow, which is great. Um, I've joined as the vice president of marketing technology. So leading all MarTech, which is something that I geek out over and love and Mm -hmm. am excited. I'll be living in Wisconsin and the company's based in California. So I'll be spending time in both Wisconsin and California. Yeah, that's why I was curious when uh, before the interview started uh, recording, you said that you live up in uh, up in Wisconsin. Um, And and that's that's I mean, that's fine. It's a it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a massive chain it's, or it, it, it's a massive corporation so you can live anywhere. I just didn't know if it was, you know, traditional corporation in a high rise where there's headquarters and everybody has to live within, you know, an hour of that. 
Well, they do have, um, or it has been traditional. I think one of the things that the pandemic has taught companies is that you don't need that. You can exactly you can have top talent that can work for anywhere, and so right. everybody's working remote anyway. So if you're working remote 15 minutes from the corporate office, what's the difference between 15 minutes or 1,600 miles, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And what I love about it is it is for for companies, right? Our mm-hmm. talent pool has broadened now. Mm-hmm. So we can get the better talent, we can get the best talent there is in a 50 state region. And we get the exactly. right people that fit in the culture, that get along, that have passion, that have some skills that we can hone and, and make them. So that's great to, that, that's great to hear. So um, Mark, do you have anything? Or am I just going to talk the whole time? Because I will <laughs> talk the whole time. I have like 50 questions for her. But you- I know, I know, I know. You were very, uh, you were very enthusiastic about this and very excited. No, I just, you got, you got me on tacos. I know it's, it's still morning, but <laughs> you got me all on I can tacos. Think about is tacos right oh, well, now. before we get really deep and talk about tacos themselves, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about. So you, yes. you have one story that I de- that before we go on, and Mark and I will chase rabbits and we will go down rabbit holes, and then the uh, then you know the time will be up. So there's one story that I read about you where uh, you were interviewing at Caesars uh, mm-hmm. in in Las Vegas. Tell us about that. So. Um, when I first moved to, to Vegas, uh, it, the only reason I moved there is because Illinois, where I grew up, Chicago seemed too close to home. So I, I packed up and headed out to Vegas and thought I wanted to work in theater and uh, loved it. Got a job working in theater. Uh, that dropped me into talent development and training because I had taken a Caesars corporate management course. And at the end of the course, they said, you're a natural trainer. My Myers-Briggs is an ENFJ. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. It's like being on stage. Why wouldn't I love to do that? So I started in training and um, that's actually where I met my husband as well. And then when the recession hit, unfortunately, you don't really need a training team because we're not hiring employees, right? Everybody, I mean, the recession in Vegas and everywhere was very tough. It destroyed. I was, yeah, at the time, Mark was doing mortgages too, but at at the time I was doing mortgages and real estate development uh, and a lot of our clients were in Nevada. And Vegas. Yeah. And it just, it was that hit first and the hardest, one of the mm-hmm. hardest I, I had seen of all the states. Yes. And so then um, when the recession hit and they let, they said, we're sorry, we don't need you anymore. And um, the recruiter there had reached out and said, well, what do you want to do? Caesars, you know, wants to help find a spot for you. And thank God they did that because I didn't know what I was going to do. And I said, I'll do anything. I'll clean rooms. I, I could be a housekeeper, what, whatever you need, I can do it. And because at that time I was like, I just need to be able to pay my bills and not have to like pack up and go back home to my parents. Right. And they, um, they said, what do you know about internet marketing? And I said, I have the Facebook. And at that time it was the <laughs> Facebook, right? Like the, the, the was still part of I the like the way, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, <laughs> so like, I felt like probably everything. I mean, I, I know the internet, I use it. Um, <clears throat> which is funny how lots of people feel about marketing, right? Like I know marketing, I look at commercials. Yeah. Um, so they put me in front of the corporate director of Caesars at the time. And um, not intimidating at all, right? No. And she, <laughs> she flat out said to me and she was very kind about it, but she said, you don't know anything about this. Um, there probably is no reason to hire you. Um, and she wow. was right. She was not wrong. And I said, you know what? You're right. And I was petrified. I said, but I have a photographic memory. 
I will never give up. I will work my butt off. And I have a Midwest work ethic, which from what I could see in Vegas seemed to be really important uh, <laughs> because not everybody had that same work ethic. Um, and That's she, exactly right. she said, okay, thank you. And I thought for sure, like, I don't have that job. And I called my parents. I said, I don't think it went well. <laughs> and then uh, the next day she gave me a call and she said, you know what? I'll give you a chance. You're on probation. Um, wow. And you can work your way up, but you need to start. And it was like the day after Christmas or something that she wanted me to start. And I was like, okay. And like, I didn't know, like, okay, sure, let's do it. And I did. <laughs> I started and I just worked my way up. And I would say like it in like the corporate culture world, if you think about like whale, whale feces, me, like that's where I started. Wow. Like lowest <laughs> bottom of the totem pole you can possibly be. And what I shared a small, small square office with two other people where if we all turned around, our knees would touch, right? Oh, wow. And I just soaked it all in. If they said, hey, we need someone to do this. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Hey, we need a PowerPoint clicker in this executive meeting. Uh, yep, uh, that's yeah. me. I will be the PowerPoint clicker because be guess like what? I like a facilitator, right? Yes, yeah. I got to take yeah. in all the knowledge. Yeah. And um, I was asked to put together decks based on the analytics that were already pulled, but in order to do that, I need to understand the analytics. So I would just take stuff home at night and just start studying. What does this mean? What's an average Theo? Why do we look at it this way? Mm -hmm. Why does um, the agency we're working with bill us this way? How do we know that if they bill us for something that we actually got what they billed us for? And uh, it just, I just started absorbing. If they asked someone to QA emails, I was like, I don't know how to, but sure, I'll do that. <laughs> and I just kept learning and absorbing until um, eventually I got a call from MGM uh, and I thought at that time, I was like, I know everything there is to know. This is just how internet marketing works, right? And MGM said, um, well, have you ever done your own ad planning, your own ad buying, your own tagging and analytics? And I was like, touche. Uh, no, we use an agency. <laughs> so no, I haven't actually done it myself. And they're like, well, we're the internal agency. So you would have to learn how to analyze and spend and then the revenue that comes in. And I was like, okay, that sounds amazing. And that's kind of how my career has continued to progress is someone puts something in front of me that I go, I don't know how to do that, but you know what I'd like to do? Know how to do that. So uh, I just keep taking it on. And I'll tell you that um, my degree in college is in acting and theater. And the one thing theater has taught me more than anything else is to say yes, right? The number one rule of improv is exactly. yes and you build, you never say no. And so- Right, it's like um, if you don't know how to horseback ride, but you're- but you're auditioning for a part, you say, if, yes, I can do yeah, it. And then before you get the part, you go learn how to horseback ride. Exactly. You work and days and weekends until you, nights and weekends until you can figure mm -hmm. it out. Yep. And th not that's what science. I said to someone the other not day. rocket science, uh, right? If, if they could teach an eight-year-old kid to do it, they can. you can figure it out, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. And I think that we, um, I work with people all the time on kind of accountability and coaching and kind of their goals. And people will say to me, well, how did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I just said yes, and I did it. And <laughs> worst case, I had to figure it out afterwards. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Hey, Mark, are you excited about this uh, 2021 Female Leadership Summit? Oh, David, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait. I am, I am really pumped about it. The 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit is going to be your opportunity to access a wealth of leadership insight from a world-class faculty we've put together ready to equip and inspire you regardless of your field or industry. Yeah, so each chosen leader will provide a short you know, five to 10 minute presentation on culture, 
on leadership and practical ways to help you succeed. Um, there also will be a panel discussion on hot topics. Uh, the belief female leadership matters is more important today than ever before. Absolutely. That's why the 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit will give you access to this unique group of world-class faculty who will share their distinct perspectives, inspiring and equipping you with practical skills you can use right away. That's right. And some of the topics our leaders will dive into will be agile and inventive leadership methods, identifying practical methods to better manage your time, how a positive culture also improves productivity, and how to leverage advances in technology to achieve that. Overcoming fear and negative self-talk, creating collaborative dynamics in teams, and leading through crisis. So don't miss the 2021 Female Leadership Summit only on Brandology Podcasts. So subscribe and download the episodes to be notified of this upcoming event. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you. So that gets into your, your, your view of work ethic and being from the Midwest. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Byron, Illinois. It's near Rockford. It's a town of, well, when I grew up, it was 2,000 people. I think it might be like 2,800 now. Um, it has nuclear power plants, two stoplights. It had a Burger King, <laughs> but then McDonald's opened, put the Burger King out of business. And we we're also home to the Turkey Testicle Festival. So The, tur- ah. the Turkey Testicle Festival. Yeah. Okay, I thought I heard that right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, yeah. When you when you measure the uh, the size of a city by the number of stoplights, you know you're a true small town. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> small town. Great. I'm curious with everything that you've done and everything that you've achieved and everything that you've taken on. Um, it's just you, you you can feel your drive and ambition. Um, can you look back? Was there a certain event or a certain person that really got you motivated or got you started or got you on this path? Um, or you just always been like this since childhood? I think that, interestingly enough, uh, positivity fuels me, but so does the negative, right? So when someone says I can't do something, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, F you, let's go. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think those are just as important moments as anything. Um, I, I don't know if there's like, what, every place I've ever worked, there's someone like, so Bobby Shaw, who was the CEO at Freebirds and had hired me at Freebirds, he was the type of leader that everybody wanted to work for, right? He focused on strength finder. He focused on building people up. He coached you at the right moments, but he was there for all, every bit of it. And um, that's someone who I look to. And I think like, that's what mentors should be like, right? Um, yeah, someone that right. you can just call and be like, okay, shit's falling apart. How, how can you like, what do I do now? And they can give you advice. David Norton, who was the CMO at Caesars, who yeah. also interacted with me when I was at Palms, um, is someone I've always stayed in contact with. And I share thoughts and advice and emails. Um, those are just people that you know, no matter what happens, you can always reach out to. And they'll always be there. Um, and I think they had a very pivotal role in how I've thought about marketing and growing and entrepreneurship. Now, that's a great point because it's, it's kind of a foundational belief that David and I share is that there's a difference between leaders and, and managers. You know, mm-hmm. that just because you have that title on the door, that doesn't actually make you a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people can lead really from any position. 
And it sounds like those those were true leaders that really go the, the extra step, that actually really care about it. They're not micromanaging by statistics and analytics, that they're actually, it's it's a passion that they have. And it sounds like that's what you had in, in the past leaders that you've been with. Yeah, absolutely. And the same thing I try and do for my team too, right? Every place I've worked, the team becomes part of my family. And yep. um, those are also the hardest people to leave, right? When I shift careers or jobs or industries, the hardest people to leave are the ones that we've built a family together. And so yeah. uh, constantly staying in contact and um, helping cheerlead them or helping them with whatever they need in the future has always been important to me. That's excellent. That's excellent. So l- let me ask you, do you have a, um, is there a cause or a purpose or a belief behind your marketing approach? You know, like Simon Sinek, Benet Brown, that whole like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and the hard thing about developing or knowing what people's why is, um, is that it's hard to make it succinct, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I do this so that blank, right? Like, why do we do what we do, right? I mean, it took, yeah. it took me years to even figure out why I was doing what I was doing. And then when I figured it out, and then I'm more comfortable in my own skin. But um, what's yours? Like, So, first of all, I love Brene Brown. Like, I think she's like my spirit animal. Like, every time I listen to her, like, <laughs> she'll, she's so real about things that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my animal, life, too. But- but yes, the, just d- disclaimer for lawyers where she's not, we didn't mean that anyway. We didn't mean to offend the neighbor. I, t- I totally got where you were going. To offend going, animals. I, totally got that. I don't want like picketers or rioters at our door. Like, just <laughs> Yes, she is absolutely amazing. And I've been listening yeah, to her podcast that she started during the pandemic and she's just outstanding yeah, yeah, um, and very real. But for me, what I realized through the years, I couldn't understand why like, all right, why was I successful? And people kept going, well, why are you successful? And it took me a long time to be like, I don't know. Like, why aren't you? I have no idea. Um, why aren't you? <laughs> just keep going. Like, I, I have no idea. And people kept going, well, you're just so lucky. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's luck, um, but okay. And so I finally figured out that the way I'm so lucky the- to work seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, I think that thinking about things as emotional technology has really helped me, right? So I know that I have a very, like emotional intelligence is very important to me and um, understanding why and how someone feels the way they feel. But the other thing I love is technology and understanding analytics behind everything. And typically you find people who love technology and understanding analytics or love the emotional side, right? The brand marketing, the crave. Um, But you don't often find people who love both of those things. So when I talk to folks, I say, it's about emotional technology. It's about understanding what technology, how it works and what you can implement in order to uh, help with the emotional side, right? The understanding of getting a customer or um, a person to do what you're looking for them to do. And when I moved from Vegas to Wingstop, uh, I was asked, well, how are you going to market wings? Like you only market right. Vegas, like you market hotel rooms. I said, I've never marketed hotel rooms. You know what I market? I, I teach you why you want to escape. I teach, I help you, uh, create a safe space for us, create a safe space and fun, entertaining 
mm-hmm. place for them to go and escape the stresses of every day. Yeah. I told you what you were craving, right? That right. escape. And guess what? Wings, you crave wings. And I can teach you why you crave wings as well and um, entice you with that. So I, I truly believe if you can market one thing, you can market anything. And That's it's about point. understanding the consumer. That's a great point. That is let excellent. Me, let me ask you about um, with the onset of the pandemic, did that, did that change marketing or your approach or your methods? How does that look? Good question. Yeah. It was interesting and not just in the business I was in, but in all businesses, all of a sudden you saw the pandemic hit and everybody just cut marketing. And I thought, what, what, why would you do that? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But everybody went, hold on, let's just stop everything we're doing and figure this out. Well, in marketing, you know, if you cut your media spin, there is a tail. There is a tail. Exactly. Because because the results you're getting now are not from what you're doing now. The results you're getting now are from what you were doing 90 days, six months ago. Right, Correct. long tail. Um, interestingly enough, now we're over six months into this pandemic, and everybody's investing in marketing like they've yeah. never done it before, exactly. and because they're all going crap. We need this, and <laughs> so marketing, um, the marketing industry, the technology industry, is like through the roof right now. Because what happened is everybody, all companies, had these five, ten-year plans of how they were going to handle marketing and technology, and this just sped it up. Right, everybody went. Like in the hotel industry, <clears throat> maybe you didn't have uh, the the touchless check-in where you could check in on your phone and open your oh, door yeah. on your phone. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it sped it up because we don't want people to have to interact um, and come in close contact. So now you can, without contacting anyone, completely contactless, go into your hotel room. Um, but that sped up. It might have been three years down the road. Now it's happening now. So uh, I think that that's how it's changed a lot of things during the pandemic. I think it's put more of a focus on, all right, if your customer, and this is similar to the recession and stuff too, if your customers aren't coming, well, what do we need to do? How do we need to change our messaging, focus on health and wellness in order to let them know it's safe to come here? Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth, but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company, we've all used it, and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. That's excellent. So let me ask you this. Did, did your um, transition um, from, from, from the Vegas hotel chain with the Marcus chain and Caesars and things like that into kind of marketing of um, the experience of meals and food and creating those cravings, what do you think 
like you you were you were named CMO of the year, right? Yes. Um, uh, it, what what year was that? Which this one? This year. This year. That's what <laughs> I thought. I, I didn't know if it was 2019 or if it was 2020 or how they do that. Um, awards. 2020. Are... Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. By the way. Congratulations. Way That's to good. go. I mean, that is no that is no small feat. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough you. competition too. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think? Like. What do you think was your biggest challenge? What do you think led you to get recognized for that? Meaning, meaning, is it, you know, like, it's one thing if somebody works for Procter & Gamble and they have Crest toothpaste and mm-hmm. they've been given the account and they're now in charge and then they win all these awards. I'm like, great, you are managing an account somebody gave you. You did not invent Crest toothpaste. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. it's like, good job, but still, you kind of inherited a lot of it. You've kind of switched, you've switched industries and had success in every one. What do you think? What do you think led to that kind of recognition, that global recognition of that, for that award? Is that um, unclear question? It's about a yeah. No, it's clear. Emotion. It's funny. <laughs> one, I'm not the best at talking about myself. So uh, when someone asks me that, it's kind of like I don't know. Uh, but um, I would say that for specifically this award, I know that my team nominated me. And my team nominated me because they feel like I'm the best leader and I'm the glue that keeps everything together. And um, then it went to a panel of judges. And so while it could have been on the campaigns I've done, absolutely, they were good campaigns. Is it on the sales that have come in? Yeah, we had a great sales year. But I think that truly what resonated with the judges, my guess, was the, the leadership and the ability to, even in a crisis, keep a positive outlook, a focused outlook, and to keep people's spirits lifted. I think that's really important right when this all hit. Um, and I'll tell you that I, when I found out who nominated me and how everything went down, I, I just broke down into tears because it's the best compliment you can get as a leader is to be told by the people that you lead that you're good at what you do. And um, yeah. that it, it just... It makes my heart so big um, and I will do anything for my team. I will anything at all, anything they need when they reach out, doesn't matter what time it is. Um, I've been known to, someone will call me and say like, hey, I'm not sure who to call. Uh, I'm in the hospital. What do I do? Okay, I'll be right there. And I don't even like to drive. (laughs) Grab my car keys and let's go figure out where this hospital is. But like, that's what you do for people um, like that, right? That's what a leader does is it's not about me. It's about them. And it's about making sure they're as successful as possible. So that is my thought on it. And um, yeah, whenever Mark's in the hospital, I always send gift yeah, baskets always to, right. the people, <laughs> to the people that he shares the room with. Like, I'm so sorry. you have Right, to- right. He sends them flowers, not <laughs> me. You know, I just, we're, we apologize on behalf of our company for you spending time near Mark. <laughs> no, I think I love that. So that's that's really about the culture that you've developed, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. So, it's, so my it's, guess is that you're not a micromanager and that you mm-mm. don't, that you don't, you're not like, um, uh, I believe you're at lunch for 65 minutes. I don't understand. And <laughs> you make, you know, it's important that you make, you know, 300 phone calls today because you have to do that. No, it's, to, to do it. it's not about that. It's what are you it's getting situational done? leadership, right. right? Everybody exactly. needs to be led differently. And I truly yeah. believe I say, I don't care where the F you are. As long as right. your job gets done, I don't care if you're hanging upside down from a tree, as long as your job gets done. <laughs> right. So that is truly how I lead the, it's funny when I first started, um, 
a couple years ago at the company previous to this, one of my employees, we sat down for a one-on-one and I was taking notes and I believe in like, just tell me the deadline more, more not for your own accountability, but so that I don't keep reminding you or asking you or being like, exactly. when did you say you were going to get this done? That way we just have a clear understanding of when you're going to get something done. You pick the deadline. I'm not going to pick the deadline. And um, the next week she comes in and I said, okay, I pull out my notes. I was like, so where are we? And she's like, Oh, did you want me to do that stuff? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, uh, isn't that how this works? And she goes, oh, we've never been held accountable before. This is so weird. And I thought it's sometimes it's just like the baseline, right? Like of like, what does that look like? Right. How are we moving things forward? And how do we how do we communicate on that? Right. So it's situational leadership, but with accountability. Oh, absolutely. Because that's the whole thing. That's that's, you know. Um, Mark and I lead other people within our organizations. We do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's all about like, don't care where you are during the day. Don't care what you're doing at night. And like, that's not the issue. But like next Thursday, we have to do X, Y, and Z. So yep. Monday, we're going to check in where we at on this. And you, you set I mean? clear expectations, right? right? It's like, it's got to be done fully. So if you need my help along the way, do not be coming to me Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, was I supposed to do that? Or was it, you know, like, what are you talking about? To be it's fair, it's the same way I talk to my kids about their homework, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. like raising, yeah, that pre-teenage to teenagers, it's very similar to raising that. Mm-hmm. Because if they see a little bit of wiggle room, they'll be like, yeah, I'll do it Wednesday night. And if I can't, then I'll just throw it up to the boss because they always know how to do it. Like, yeah, that's why they're the boss. But that's, mm-hmm. not, that's, but that's why you're hired so that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's great. I think this is a perfect time, if it's okay with you, um, to take a little break and do a little brand culture trivia. Is that okay? Very great. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Right. So I'm going to play the intro right now, and then we are going to come right back. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. Mm. Yes. Yeah, are, I see you as a competitive type person. So just know. No, actually, I've never won. So the Mark has literally <laughs> never won. And some of these questions, in all fairness, have been repeated through other episodes. We do that for two reasons. One, because Mark never wins. And so I need to give him a little bit of a handicap. Like, I need to help him out a little bit more. And then the other is, um, uh, I, I always... I'm curious whether anybody's listened to our episode, our podcast before coming on. <laughs> so if I do the same one and they're like, 
huh, I don't know that. I'm like, they have not listened to the last well, crap. five, five <laughs> episodes. I'm like, no pressure. I'm like, right. no pressure, but Benet Brown cannot have all the bandwidth. <laughs> we need some help here. So, okay. So this is, uh, I'm going to say a company slogan. You are going to guess the brand or product name. As many okay. guesses as you want. So if you're going to say, I don't know, Visa, say Visa, MasterCard, American Express, blah, blah. Just keep listening to them. Right? Okay. If you're going to say a fast food chain, you say uh, McDonald's, uh, Burger King, you know, uh, whatever, Taco Bell, Del Taco, like whatever you want, just say it, right? Okay. Because um, the first one gets it, and there's a lot at stake. I mean, Aaron, this could really, you guys are talking about moving to a different part of. going to help, I am sure. Yeah, this could really help. This could really, really help you guys out. Wonderful. I mean, it's at, at, at stake here is 14684 <laughs> bucks. Those are, I mean, I can't even imagine what the exchange rate of those in Wisconsin dollars are because it's just going to be shocking. It'll be off the charts. Yes. So, for example, company slogan, just do it, brand name Nike. Mm-hmm. Company slogan, got milk, brand name dairy industry or California milk processor board, right? Got that's, it. That's kind of what mm-hmm. it is. Okay. So, I'm going to find us a really good one. Mark, I'm going to try and be as fair as I can with you. Um, because sometimes if I do, I don't know, you'll see he's, he's got if the commercial show. doesn't air on cartoon network, I probably, yeah, won't. it's really, that's, that's, it's about the depth of my intellect on my off time. It's really true. Okay. Let's do this one. Uh, very first question. Question number one, the brand slogan is, is it in you? <laughs> Let me choose my answer carefully. I don't feel like my thoughts are appropriate right now. Um, <laughs> I. This is yeah. This is not a kid-friendly show, so it's got it's got to be some type of vitamins. Um, it has to like motivational, like um, like. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's not really motivational. It's okay. A, it's a. Um, it's a consumable. It's a food or beverage. Milk. Got milk. You can't answer it with another slogan. The rules Bradley wouldn't be good at Jeopardy. Be more clear on these rules. The rules me. are: I say the slogan, you say the brand. Is, is it, it vitamins? Like vitamins? Like a vitamin good company? Guess. Like a good movie? guess. The answer is no, but good guess. Okay. Um, I'm going to wind up holding this one. A couple more seconds. I don't know. Okay. Oh, where's the beef? Where's the beef? That's another slogan. Ah. Okay, I'm going to hold that one over here. Let me see what my camera angle looks like. So right here, yeah, right here. Is it like a drink? Yes, Gatorade is the answer. I was oh. super close. Is it in you? Remember picture of Gatorade, picture the, the little logo there. Is it in you? So mm-hmm. right here in the Brandology Global Studios right here, <laughs> that green folder I have right there, that's where I keep all of the questions that nobody answered. <laughs> So, it was kind of a risque um, marketing campaign, right? Yeah, yeah. So what, it was it? Well, you guys, I hadn't even thought of it that way. You guys took it to that level. So, <laughs> again, I'm a product of Chicago Catholic schools. So That's figures. funny. So, okay. Um, we've got a couple good ones here. Oh, this really good ones. Good to the last drop. Oh, I know this. Um, good to the last drop. Pepsi. Coke. Uh, Folgers. No. Um, it's cool. coffee. It's coffee. It's uh, good to the last drop. She's Folgers. Fol- I said Folgers. Um, yeah, I said Folgers. Uh, no, the the house one. That so close. It's blue. It's blue. Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. 
Maxwell. Yes. Uh. She's the first one to have gotten it. Well, I live in Milwaukee, and that's, that's why Harley. I threw it there. That's why I gave it. Yeah, congratulations. Wow. Yeah, it was greatly played. Not shocking that the CMO of the year 2020 won the game on brand slogans. Uh, uh, that was a really good game. Mark, you got crushed. And yeah. she, she actually, she... The competition she, was a little steep. Yeah, she was... She was soft-spoken so she didn't come out of the gate like yelling a lot and stuff but i'm telling you that she she really pounded you on that one that was really bad <laughs> so holy cow so let's, let's get back to the interview um let me ask you uh what is like an initiative or something that you're passionate about currently like what is coming up in the next six months to a year it makes you really excited about what you're doing um i mean without so, disclosing trade secrets <clears throat> and stuff obviously but you know yeah, i think i mean the reason i was brought into del taco is because they're excited to invest and continue to invest highly in technology it's a new role for them yeah and uh so there's so much i'm excited about i'm really excited about continuing to build on the digital framework that they already have um, and finding new and enticing ways to encourage our customers to to come more times or to um, purchase something that maybe they haven't tried before. Mm, um, oh yeah, and, and that's so. a good point because by having it in their around their threads where they see it on their phone or whatever, every I mean it's a discussion that everybody has. Like, what am I grabbing for lunch? Mm. What am I doing for dinner? What am I? You know what I mean? And like by seeing the ad, people start to think, well, you know what? We haven't had that for a while. Or in your point is like, how do we get them to say, yeah, you went Tuesday, but come back on Thursday. Yes, because, you exactly. Know what I mean? how, do you keep, how do you keep them from doing it once every month to once every week to a couple times a week and make that cool, make that like a thing, right? Yep. How do you, how do you reson- make, that, make that process resonate? That's tough. Well, and I think you're talking about, right? Emotional technology. Mm -hmm. And I think in the past, people have called it loyalty, right? Like, let's just do a loyalty program. And I think the word loyalty gets a bad rap. I think it's really about enticing the customer with what they want when they want it or encouraging them with what you know that they will want, right? Yeah. Um, And I explain it to people like, I mean, Starbucks, their email template always looks the same, but you and I get very different offers based on our user behavior. And so figuring out how to increase that average transaction or that average ticket is um, really important. And that's really all we focus on in the restaurant industry. And for that matter, any industry is like, can I get you to come more than you already come? Or can I uh, have you buy more than you already buy? And that's how you grow sales. Along those same lines, um, where do you see marketing technology going in, in the future, near or far future? Is it like, artificial intelligence or some type of interactive with the phone what's what are your thoughts on that i think everything is technology and i know that sounds like a cop-out um but it is i mean whether we bring it on and we say oh alexa right but alexa i mean it's voice so that has to play a huge part but all of these things have to work together and this ability to have customer identity information without um 
while following the laws, right? Because you have mm-hmm. the CCPA and the GDPR and things that you need yep, to follow, yep. as well as um, layering that on top of making sure you're meeting the customer where they're at. So whether it's they're on their phone or they're on their computer or they walk in front of a screen that's changing because it's recognizing people because of their phone connecting to the screen that they're walking by. Um, There's so many things. This idea that you can go into a store, load your cart, and not actually have to ever go in a checkout line is just so fascinating to me. So the more that we do things like that, I think the better it will become. Um, people want their preferences saved, right? I don't want to have to retype something. And people get annoyed when they have right. to retype in their credit card number. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so like well, and those things me, are... Let me insert this this best practice because we are cybersecurity people. To that end, one of the most convenient things is for people in their browser when they type in a complicated password, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing from Google or if you use Google Chrome. To or save it. Whatever, yeah. to save it. Mm-hmm. Don't ever, ever do that. Yeah, I never do I that. Ever, ever do that. We can talk to you about how to use password managers or how to use a simple algorithm to remember very complicated passwords. It's very simple to do, but that is an absolute like yeah. no-no, right? You cannot do that because that is one of the easiest ways for hackers to gain access. And then from there, everything yeah. gets destroyed. Well, interestingly enough, um, at one of my last jobs, a long time ago, uh, IT asked me, they said, can I get your password for your computer? And I was like, it's capital P, (laughs) password. He stared at me and I said, one. And he goes, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, oh my God, that's fantastic. And so it's no longer that, so don't try it. But um, (laughs) the IT guy I thought was going to murder me. He's like... (laughs) not appropriate i was like whoops okay i never changed it after you set it up sorry right well that is fantastic that i won't put that in the uh story (laughs) of this but man i really want to i want to be like from going using password as her password (laughs) now managing internet marketing there's been a long long storied transition Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth, but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. Oh, that's great. So well, as we, as yeah, we I was, wrap up, I, had, I was just gonna say, Mark always has a question that he asks. I, yeah, I, I always <laughs> like I wanna to hear this, I wanna hear this answer. Is. Because it's it's so deep and it's it's really you know I really want you to focus in on this. And it's, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Looking back um, as a child, what what did you want to be? I wanted to be a 
famous actor, and I, I mean, I still do. Um, <laughs> That's I, awesome. That's I think great. that ship has cool. sailed, but. Yeah, no, I wanted, and that's what I went to college for, because I was like, I'm going to do it. And everybody's like, you're not going to do it. I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And then the other thing I wanted to be was a lawyer, but like an inter- entertainment lawyer, where like a oh, yeah. lawyer, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I've been, I, I always watch Netflix shows, like, I don't know, 10 years after they've aired. So like, I finished <laughs> Lost, finally. I couldn't talk oh, to anyone yeah. about it, because I was like, oh my God, did you guys see the ending of Lost? And they're right. like, yeah, 10 years ago. <laughs> Spoiler right away. <laughs> right. But now I'm watching The Good Wife, which is all about lawyers. And I'm like, oh, I should have been a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your driving ambition, I, I don't see it being any issue for you to change careers and, and excel at whatever you choose. I don't know. If you would have seen my high school ACT score, you would be like, nope, she can never be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always the challenge, right? You have to somehow <laughs> still get the grip, pull the grades in. When you're at that age. I remember taking my ACT score home and my dad was like, don't you get this many points just for writing your name? And I was like, <laughs> He's like, what did you do? I don't sleep? know. Yeah. Just sleep I don't. The test? <laughs> Whoops. Just literally guess B all the way down. You're <laughs> going to get, you're going to get like a decent score. That's excellent. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I, I mean, it's, this is so relevant. Um, yep. All of this. I mean, it's, it's just, let me ask you this before we go, actually, what does your company do to protect your brand? Because we're talking about technology. I'm not, I don't want to talk about like what we do or things for cybersecurity. But what I do want to know is like, what do you guys do to protect your brand? I mean, if you're in charge of internet marketing, how do you protect your brand online? Like, what do you guys, what all do you guys do? And like, how do you, how does, you know, how does that relay into the culture? Like, do you, do you train all your people? Do you guys have like companies that monitor your stuff? Like what, ha- what do you guys do? Uh, a little bit of all of everything you said. Like we okay. definitely have companies that we uh, work with that help monitor things and look at things. We also have, we do train and there are, I mean, we saw this start years ago, but social media policies, things like that throughout the different That's companies good. I've worked yeah. with where like, and then you have people that are constantly on the lookout, whether it's through social listening or Google, even as small as Google alerts, right? To let you know when something's out there um, to keep your brand integrity high. Yeah. It's very important. And then as well as like in the restaurant industry, there's QAs of the restaurants. In the hotel industry, mm-hmm. there's QAs of the hotels, right? Because we need to make sure the, the hardest part is making sure what you're marketing is what their experience is when they come through, right? Oh, the same point. way that like, somebody goes through your website and they're like, this looks amazing. And then they show up and they're like, this isn't amazing. Right? Like you see those TripAdvisor reviews all the time. Like the pictures are not what I came yeah. here and got. Right. Great point. So um, making sure that what we're saying is super cool and awesome that you're going to have is really super cool and awesome. And what you're going to have. Yep. Hey, that's a great point. I didn't even yeah. think about that when you're in charge of food, right? That's so true. Cause even when you, if you go in and you're standing in line and you see, uh, you know what the food's gonna, supposed to look like, right? And mm-hmm. they and they use all, and we all know that, but like the pictures that they use are usually it's really glue and it's really you know latex that's dripped on there and it's painted yeah. and it's so it's done that for 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 picture because otherwise yeah. if you take a picture, but it needs to really look like that if yeah. a customer but walks exactly. In. So when you get it, it needs to look somewhat like it because so often yep. you see that. Or the best is if you buy something frozen at the grocery store, right? On the box, it looks amazing and you literally pull it out and it's like white, like there's no color at all and it's like hard as a rock and you're like, how is this thing gonna be that? 
right? Yeah. Like no, agreed. It's uh, it's tough. interesting too because my mom, she went to a restaurant once, and I won't say the name of the restaurants, and it had this quinoa salad. Right, quinoa was mm-hmm. big at the moment, yeah. and um, in the picture, it had quinoa everywhere. And then she got the salad, and it had like the tiniest like particles of quinoa. And she took a picture and she sent it in because my mom is a big like. I need to tell you how I feel. And um, she, the lady responded and said, well, we're only allowed to put two tablespoons of quinoa. And she's like, that picture you market has like two cups of quinoa. Right. Yep. So yeah. um, it, it it's really is true because you want the customer to leave and be happy and want to continue coming back. Um, and we as marketers don't want to be dishonest. You don't want any customers right. going, hey, uh, what you're selling me is not what I'm getting. Like you need to talk to your marketing team. Like that's not what we're out here to do. We're right. out here to ch- share with you the amazing things you do get and you should actually get them. That's good. That's excellent. Thank you for everything you've shared. This was really great. Um, I think I've, I've got a lot more questions. I know we're <laughs> up against the clock. We may have to have you come back for a part two. Well, so, I loved it. Thank you. And I want a rematch. I want Absolutely. a rematch. Well, yeah, I want, I want to be the, the the king, the greatest of all time. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, and what we could do is maybe just do the exact same questions again, and maybe uh, yes. and he might win. Up. He might maybe win. he'll have a shot at it. I don't know. I'll probably have forgotten by that point. Exactly. There, well, there we go. <laughs> well, Aaron, thank you so much. Congratulations on all the success, CMO of the thank year, twenty twenty. We're very excited for you. Um, thank you for the stories and all of the insight. I mean, like I was just taking notes the whole time. It was really cool. So. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank thank you very much. We wish you all the best. It's definitely not our last conversation, and we will definitely um, uh, invite you back uh, for for another round. Okay? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Aaron. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Okay? We'll Mm -hmm. talk. See ya. Mark and I want to take a moment and thank everyone that listens and subscribes to our podcast. It means a lot. We're truly trying to make this one that we ourselves would find interesting and find entertaining. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas for subjects, great brands that have risen and fallen, great case studies, or fantastic guests that you'd like to see, please reach out to us. Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com that's brandology podcast staff at gmail.com hey david that was another great episode we tend to post one or two a week uh, unfortunately don't really have a way of wrapping this up no uh no we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological um thank you for listening please follow and subscribe turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode you will be notified of the new content Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 